High fashion is where it's at. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Dr. Funk Live podcast. Thank you guys so much for subscribing on Apple Music, on YouTube, on Spotify, and checking us out live on the Facebook fan page and YouTube and Twitch right now. Today, I am very, very honored to have a friend of the show, Paul Peterson on, who just recently performed at Paisley Park. You guys should know Paul from an extensive lineup from being in the time to the family, to his solo career, to F Deluxe, to Leeds, um, Peterson Leeds, excuse me, LP Music, going on with that funk. So I want to get right into it. I'm excited to have him on. I see Canada up in the house, Australia already. Shout out to um, Lake Minnetonka over there. We're just going to get into it. Much love, everyone. Welcome. A very friendly welcome to Mr. Paul Peterson. What's going What's on? What's up, Paul? Dr. Fucking Barry? <laughs> What's going on, man? I'm doing good, man. Everything's good here in Minneapolis. It's hotter than my mom used to say, hotter than blazes outside today. Already? For the last week, it's 90 degrees plus, man. And he, I, I went outside because uh, to show my wife, I, I said, I've got a coat and long pants on here. She said, you are out of your mind. I said, you, know, you got to do the thing. When you're doing an interview, you got to, you know. You got to look. But it, it's, right? That's right. But it's, it, it is hot, hot, hot here. It's nice to see you, man. It's good to see I you. I hope you're doing good. You're looking healthy. Making me proud, man. We want to get you back on the recovery. Get Damn. you out running with me. Yes. Thank you. You know, it's much better than it was a few years ago and still doing the thing. And it was just great to be able to be on my feet for a while and check you guys out jamming last year. Can't believe it was only a little bit over a year ago. It seems like years since I've seen you with everything that's going on in the world. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a goofy a goofy period of time, wasn't it? For sure. And it looks like we are finally exiting it. I'll feel better when we can go without mask everywhere, but for the time being, at least it's as close to normal as it can get, right? Yeah, you know they're they're really uh, relaxing it here in Minneapolis quite a bit. I mean, we're look. I I was so blessed not to get that. My daughter and her boyfriend got COVID. My brother-in-law and sister-in-law had COVID. Luckily enough, wow, they made it through fine. I did not get it. Um, so, I mean, I was super careful. We, you know, we weren't traveling. Did a lot of recording in this room. Uh, just for your fans, this this room that I'm in is the house I grew up in. And this basement has seen more rehearsals since the 1950s than you could ever possibly imagine. If these walls could talk, you know. That's ridiculous and awesome at the same time. Now... You just performed at Paisley Park on Monday, kind of like a surprise performance. You were doing a few hit and run shows there. It was a, uh, you know, like a pop up concert. Uh, I've done, I've done some stuff with those guys out there. It's it's nice to go back there. Um, always great to see Mitch and Kirk and and all the good people out there. And I got to run into uh, Julius Collins and Tommy Barbarella. And you know those, I've known those guys for a long time. So it was it, it was a old home week out there on Monday, and we had a ball, and it was loose, and it was not pretentious, and we were just having a good time, and it was good to get music back in the NPG room. Right. Of course, I and of course I was like, it feels good to have music in this room, doesn't it, Paisley Park people? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, come on now. But they're they're receptive to that. They're I really think they're trying to move in that direction to do that kind of stuff there, you know. And I, of course, I encourage that, and they should. That's what that place is for. Very awesome. And it came like it was a surprise, at least to the fans, which was awesome. Like when you went live, I was like, "Wait, what's going on here? Is that <laughs> well?" I didn't. I asked for forgiveness after I did that. <laughs> But they knew they don't care because you could take pictures in that portion anyways. But I thought it'd be fun to include the fans and that those who, who couldn't make it on that special day. And, you know, I know uh, Pete didn't celebrate his birthday, but we did it for him. We celebrated him. 
he would be like, good, you can age for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And it, you know what we did? So there you go. There you go. And if it was a, if it was a surprise and fun for folks, that that's all I can hope for. We had a good time. It was oh. really chill and loose and, and musical and fun. How long did you rehearse before like that happened? How long were you guys doing that for? If you don't mind me asking or knowing. Well, I only did uh, 15 minutes and it was just me and a guitar. Uh, you know, I just sat and, where is it? Oh, I was going to say, I'll pull it out and play a little bit. But uh, we all I did was a, a couple of Prince songs and I did it. Of course, I had to do nothing compares to you. So I, me and a guitar and a microphone and, and a piano. So you did a couple print songs and your song, or your, the song that you did. Song you wrote for me, yeah, and uh, and that was it. So we, you know, it was about him. It wasn't about me. That uh, so that's what I made the focus of to 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 do that and and celebrate his music. And we had a ball, and the fans had fun. I made him sing, and it was it was very cool. Definitely, and I know that you've been doing that with the Minneapolis All Stars. Uh, performing some uh prince's back catalog and it's been funky and i appreciated hearing it i look forward to hearing it again in a better sound system for sure you know we're, we're having fun with that um it's good to look back at the history and to be able to include the folks that were around during that time that's why i put that project together we've had fun with it here started doing some touring and of course we shut it down or they shut us down last year but we are starting to come back. We got a couple of gigs on the, on the books. I'm hoping to uh, take that back to Australia, the big version of that. We didn't call it the Minneapolis Funk All-Stars there. We called it Nothing Compares to Prince. And it was great. Oh, and I saw Taika the other day, too, who was involved sure. with that particular uh, uh, in, installment of the band. And she, you know, the Nelson family has been very good to me. Uh, and uh, I feel like they're family too. So that's very, it's very cool. That's good. It's always good to hear. I'm glad Tycho was there. I'm glad the family has been receptive. Now, with going on, and you said you have dates lined up. I know it must have been so hard this past year, just being able to, having to stay in and not being able to perform. You may have your basement, but it isn't the same. Like how excited is it going to be performing in front of crowds again, whether it's in Australia or at the ice house? Well, that's what I'm put on earth to do. Yeah. It, it, I'm looking forward to it. We did a few shows last year. Um, <clears throat> one with the, actually we did a show this year in April with the Peterson brothers. We, I don't know if the fans know that, but I came out with a record uh, along with my brother, Ricky, who produced most beautiful girl in the world. And, Gold experience. It's Ricky Peterson and the Peterson brothers. And it's a funky instrumental, old school organ. I'm playing drums on it, believe it or not. So that's been fun. We're doing that. And we've been getting some nice airplay on that. Uh, what else have we done? Some Peterson family gigs. And, but it was, uh, it was a tough year. So, you know, you, you got to always reinvent yourself. I can't possibly sit still. So, I happened to create this series called Funk Friday, and we are 60, tomorrow will be our 66th episode. And awesome. one of the byproducts of this thing, it, it was actually to get people to go listen to my podcast, Music on the Run. Mm -hmm. But it turned into a completely different animal. And I've had over 95 world-class musicians. Uh, I just happen to be wearing the the t-shirt here. We've had over 95 world-class musicians play, and, and we do it for the love. There's no money in it. It's a one-minute song. I come up with a song every single week, so it's kept me creative, right? And I send it out to my friends. They play on it, and they, they you know, use their iPhone and send the video back to me, and we just compile it all, and we've been having a ball with it. So uh, it you just have to kind of reinvent and put your energies elsewhere. Right. And that's what exactly what I did. And I painted this room. That's what I did with my downtime. It looks like it's this gray. Am I wrong? It's nice and gray. That's right, Jeremiah. It's awesome. Looking good. Yeah, what do you have to do during situations like this? This is what, you know, I did. My show was audio, and I always enjoyed doing video back in the day. But the technology wasn't there, and the company went under. But with COVID, 
I decided to bring back the video because the format was there again. So you have to adapt okay. with what you did, you know, especially if it's in your blood, you have to look for different ways. Just like with the music industry constantly evolving, you have to look for different ways to get in, you know, for sure. That's, that's true. And that's what my daughter's dealing with that right now. My daughter's an incredible artist. She goes by the name Jean Taylor, J-E-A-N-N-E -E, Taylor. Go check her out. She's on Spotify and all the other things. She's got an incredible voice and she's out in LA trying to, trying to become a rock star, which I hope she will because she's got the goods and yeah, she's got to reinvent new ways to get noticed and shit. I'd be in rough shape if I had to <laughs> compete on, on that level. Uh, these guys have to figure it out all on their, on, on their own. But you know, us old geezers, we just keep doing what we're doing when we format it in a different way, package it differently. As long as, uh, it, as it's authentic and it's done with the, with, uh, authenticity and heart and funk or rock, whatever the case may be, man, it's all good. As long, I mean, I'm having fun. I'm still having fun. I ain't going anywhere. I don't think, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for every day, every time I get to make music, every time I get to pl pick up the guitar and I still can play. I'm, I'm, I'm a happy guy, man. Pivot, awesome. pivot, pivot says Laura. That's right, Laura. You got to, right? You snooze, you lose. You don't yeah. adapt, you die. So that's what we do. But I've always been that guy. And I saw your daughter perform. The last time you were out here, you called her on right. stage to perform. And she did right. make, make sure to get some video of it and post it on the on uh, the Facebook page. So we got some video of that for of her performance for sure. Along yeah, well, I think I, I think we sang or she sang uh I can't make you love me that Bonnie Raitt did. What a song. Corey Eichen. Corey Eichen's on here. He helped me with some of the tracks on uh, uh, the Minneapolis Funk All-Star stuff. You know, we can't replicate all that stuff, so we have some trickery, maybe, a, weeb, a trickery that we do. But, it's you know, we all play, but there's some stuff that we have to put on there. But he's – Corey is a bad dude, and he he's doing some stuff with the uh, uh, help, Corey. Marshall. Yeah, he's doing some stuff with Marshall. And I think Marshall's now in Vegas doing uh, a whole Prince tribute there, if I'm not mistaken. Good that folks, man. Craziness. Small world, right? Corey, call me soon, man. We need a catch up, brother. Now, what's going on with um, Leeds and Peterson and F Deluxe or the family? What's going on with any stuff for there? Are you guys thinking about recording new music? That was a question that we had on Instagram and on uh, Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's that's always a question. We we don't have any formal plans as of now, right? But that doesn't mean that uh, plans can't change. And in fact, I spoke to Eric. Oh boy, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we haven't really even formally put out the LP music record except for few things like at the electric fetus and then the people who supported us on our fundraising campaign. So I'm like, Eric, why are we sitting on this music? So I think we'll put that up on, uh, on uh, some site and get that out. I am just finishing my record. So I'm just letting that kind of take a back seat. And then when I can come up for air here, uh, I've got some things like that, that I got to do. And I got to put my old catalog up too. So as far as F deluxe, I'm going to call the gang. See if I can't get a book, uh, a gig on the books for the fall. Uh, you know, we got to do one gig a year. We didn't get one last year. And, no. and, and Susanna's kids now, are, I think you know, both, either both in college or one is in college. So she might actually be able to travel a little bit. Now, I'd love to go uh, do some stuff in the States and maybe do some stuff in Europe. And Right. We'd love to have you out here in L.A., and uh, wherever, whether because at the Largo, you guys performed there, and there's a little, there was like someone's guitar that was left on for a lot of the performance, if you remember that. But I'd love oh. to see you guys out here to do it again. Yeah, we got to figure out a good club to do that, and maybe, maybe that club I, I played uh, in that, you know, the last time I was there, the Herb Alpert's Club would be a good yeah. club for that. Although, if we get all the Prince fans to come out. 
might be too small. We'll have to figure out, especially because I think everyone's hungry for music, and I think they'll be hungry for a while. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, it's just a matter of figuring it out, man. We'd love to do that. Tell Somebody's us asking. Mel's going. How, how's how's the lovely Susanna? She's still lovely. I'm here to report. She's still lovely. That there you go. Cube. Yeah. Now with your catalog, since you brought it up. You know, uh -oh. some stuff, whether it's like seven inches, of course, with the family, um, with high fashion. And then there's like that version of it. And then you have the promo, which was just white. I think with this one, you have Susanna's pajamas as the B side. With this one, it's just high fashion on both sides. Oh, cool. You see it. Yeah. So. Um, How readily then, available are those? They're all on eBay, right? See, I probably got this like decades ago, so it may, it may be harder. Right. And then some of the prices on here, you're not going to find it for that price anymore. Like if you had like a, if you had a trunk of these, like it'd get you through a few months, I'm sure. And of course, like the one with the photo screens of passion. Oh yeah, man! Look who's that tiny kid on there with the smoking jacket on? I mean, it's just crazy, Paul. You couldn't even grow facial hair then, huh? I, yeah, lie. and now, no, and Barrett, man, I wasn't even grown into my body at that. I was so such a little kid back in those days. I mean, what's funny is, is you look older in this photo. Um, go the other way. There you go. Yeah, you look older there. Maybe it's the suit instead of pajamas. I think it's the hair in the suit. I mean, Prince used to call that my top salad hairdo. And it, Uncle Earl, we used to whip that up. So I, it would take me longer to get ready for to go out than it would take my girlfriend at the time, who happens to be my wife of 30 years. Um, so I'd, I'd have my curling iron heating up. So I had to curl it all back, put a little brill cream in. Oh, look at that rich man record. Dang, dude. Loving it. Loving it. Wow. That's so cool. Not with you guys. So uh, wait, that you should there. It, where is it on my screen? There it is, right above my base. Yeah. So. I got all that stuff, or not all that, but I got my whole family on my wall behind me. Lots of glare. Oh, intimacy. You know I, I got a new. I have a yeah. follow up to that that a friend of mine that I toured with wrote for me by the name of Daniel March, a great Aussie, one of my. Um, new dear friends a young cat who can play and sing his ass off he wrote a song called another glass of you that has an intimacy vibe to it it's coming out on my new record in september so tell i'm anxious for you to hear it man yeah tell us about it we'd love to hear about it man we've been fiending for new music here well i've, I've been working on music of course like every other musician all through mm -hmm. covid so we're going to include the two singles that I put out. You got to love and and something in the water, and probably many uh, forget me nots as well. That'll be part of this European release. But I've got new songs. Uh, I've written with um, who have I written? I'm trying to think now, and nothing's happening. Oliver Lieber, <laughs> Daniel March, uh, my. And I, I did a lot of writing with Jason, my nephew, and I did some writing on my own and and, uh, and got some great special guests on there. Some of the drummer in uh, Daryl Hall's band on Live from Daryl's House, Brian Dunn is on there. He's killing uh, percussionist from Chicago. Ramon Islas is on it. Uh, Lenny Castro from Toto's uh, percussionist is on it. Um, I mean, it's it's my cronies, you know, and we're just having fun. It's funky. There's some funk rock because that's some of my roots too, you know. And we're uh, I'm really excited for you to hear it. In fact, I've been busy this week. In, in this company that I'm working with uh, wants to put out vinyl, and you guys, if, in order to get vinyl pressed, it takes six months now. It's ridiculous. So it's ridiculous. We need so more they reserve. They reserve. Well, I'm thinking about opening up a damn vinyl plant. You know, 
I'm with you on that, man. I am. We only need about a half a million dollars from you, a half a million from me, and and a half a million from uh, Sandra Morales. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Like every time I've been playing the lotto over the past year, everyone's like, "What would you do with it?" And I'd be like, "Opening up a record plant because vinyl is having a huge resurgence, and because how many, how little record plants there are." They're they're so backed up. That's why it's taking six months. Yeah, you know for sure. I'm all about a record plan. I'm glad you're thinking that way too. So we just need one point yep. four million. <laughs> <laughs> a pittance, really. Right. We'll make it work. Now, yeah, get a sugar daddy. Who's that? The Hoffman Williams says, "Get a sugar daddy." That's a good idea. How it's many instruments do I play? I'm, I'm just reading some of these questions. Look at Corey Tollefson, brother man. I'm calling you. I know you got it. Come on now. How many instruments do I play? I I don't know. I, I not not that many. I play drums, bass, guitar, keys. Uh, what else do I play? That's about it, really. I mean, but with being able to play that, you can with computers the way they are, you can play any instrument. Yeah. Uh, but those are the ones that I've kind of narrowed it down to. When I was a kid, I used to play sax, but I was freaking awful. So <laughs> I passed and left that to the professionals. A question that we have from Twitter. All right, then. How difficult was it for Paul to learn all the synth parts and the choreography when he joined the time? He must have beat out a lot of good MPLS players for that gig. So you're going to laugh. So I... You, I think a lot of you know the story. I was on, just graduated from high school. I was up being a naughty boy and drinking and whatnot up at the lake with my dear friend who lives across the street and uh, got a phone call from my brother-in-law that says, you have to get your butt down here. You have an audition for the time. And I'm like, okay. So long story short, I was supposed to get the tape, um, you know, far ahead of my, my audition. And of course it never came and never came and never came. I get the dang thing that, if I recall correctly, the night before my audition, I had to learn all this stuff. I didn't have the sense that they had, and they weren't concerned about that, but I had to attempt to know all this stuff, sing it, be able to dance, which I was stiff as a board, probably still am. But it was right here in this basement. That's where I was learning all that stuff, right? And that, I mean, literally, for those of you who joined a late, this is the house I grew up in. And so much of my Prince experience was experienced in this house. This is where Prince would deliver songs for me to learn for the family record. This is where the cassette was delivered for me to learn for uh, the songs for my audition for the time. It was, it, the, I guess that's a very long answer to say it was a lot to take in when you're 17 years old. For sure. I was out of, I was out of my element and, Musically, I could hang, I think, but it was a different story because my family is more of a bebop slash R&B family. So we come from an improvisational side. And you got to understand when you join Prince's fold, you play something we call parts, which means you play one thing, you don't stray or color outside the lines. And that was hard. That was the hardest part of it all. I was like, I had to like, no, don't play that. So we had to, I had to reteach myself, just play what you're supposed to play because all of those together make it sound like the record. So. And of course he liked you. He liked you because after that, he's going to put a band around you. Like when he starts Dude. talking about this stuff, I know it's been talked about before, but it yeah. has to be like, Hey Paul, would you like to lead a band? Here it is, especially after the success of Purple Rain, it has to be around then. You know, how mind-blowing was that? Were you like, oh, pretty much? Uh, I don't think so, Prince. No. <laughs> it, I, we, the story of what you have heard, if, if you know anything about my career, is that we were sitting in a circle. He said, everybody's left, we're gonna form a new band. And he pointed at me and said, you're gonna be the new lead singer. Yeah, it, it was a pretty, unbelievable surreal moment that the hottest artist on planet earth picked me and to this day i never take that for granted and that 
the memory of that particular meeting is so ingrained in my brain. I remember where I was in that warehouse where we were. Paisley wasn't even built yet, of course. It was the same place where we were rehearsing for the time. And then we ended up ultimately doing the family record, if I'm recalling that correctly. But, dude, it was unbelievable. I mean, what a gift. What a gift. Crazy. So many people would die to be in that position. But then here it is. And we're just going to go over this really quick just because it's all been covered before. But for those people that yeah. actually heard it, and of course, the new fans, it wasn't as glamorous as it turned out to be. Your album comes out. You can't wait to do this stuff. And then there's nothing going on. And it's yeah. just like, you weren't getting paid a lot. And it's no. understandable. You know, and I forget the manager that you had at the time that was kind of like, where well, you're not under contract. Let's get you a gig. But um, look, it had to make sense. And of course, you did have, you know, quick success with Richman and other stuff, although it may not seem quick for you. Um, but of course, he was hurt. Here it is. You're leaving. You're not. Oh, able yeah. to he was making a movie and all these other things and wanting you to wait. Now, and we know him being upset. We know about making sure that you got invited to First Avenue for that show. And he's calling you out. Where's Same. my punk of the month button? I made up punk of the month button. Do you know I I got one for you, Dr. Funkenberry. You got to see it. I can't wait. <laughs> I, I just hearing that those were made in shirts. I'm like, oh my god, that was so awesome. I'm glad that you did that. It didn't take it too much to heart. Now, nah. after that happened, when was the next time that you guys like kind of like ran into each other and everything seemed cool? Because no one asked that. You know, yeah. I, probably I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to think of the next time I saw him. I think that I went to see him at a show, but I don't remember um, where it was or what year it was. But we were still on the outs, if you want to call it that. We had not had a conversation yet, and it was in December. And I remember going back. And he saw me and he let me backstage. I went up and I shook his hand and I said, happy holidays, man. And he went, holidays, holidays, holidays. And then he left. Uh oh. So evidently he didn't celebrate holidays, but right. I don't think he was a Jehovah Witness at that point in time. So huh. I, I thought that was kind of hilarious. But here's the funny thing about our relationship. Yeah, it was super on and off and you know the the thing that i want people to remember is that when i was out at paisley in the mid 90s tagging along with my big brother mm. he and i didn't necessarily speak during that entire time i was there i was playing on his record not his records necessarily but i was playing on records that were on paisley park george benson's records many things that were coming through mavis and if he did not want me there, I would have been escorted out immediately. So, and I don't really understand. I mean, I know why I went back to Paisley is because my brother was there and Ricky and I were absolutely inseparable. We still are. And we make good music, great music together as a family, I believe. Right. And and I enhance his productions and he certainly enhances my production. So when you when you've got a partner like that, you, you want to make music together because it's it's easier and you know that it's going to be the outcome is going to be what you want it. So Prince, I think we were in, in uh, New York city doing a David Sanborn record. I was with Ricky again. And uh, I think Ricky's contract came to an end and it was around 1996. And you may have heard the story before too. So we're moving all the stuff out of Ricky's office. I still hadn't seen Prince and I wrote him a note. I said, dude, I know you and I haven't seen eye to eye in a long time, but I want to just say thank you for what you've done for me and what you've done for my family, what you've done for my brother. Doesn't go unnoticed. I hope we can patch things up, yada, yada, something like that. It was closer for me because we were moving physically out of the building. <clears throat> I get a phone call the next day that says Prince wants to talk to you. I'm like, oh. You gotta be kidding me. I was trying to get closer here. 
So I go in, I go upstairs to his a little apartment up there. He lets me sit in there without him coming in to see me for about a, a good 20, 25 minutes, which seemed like five hours because we hadn't talked yet. And he wanted to have that little edge or whatever. And we had a conversation and, and he, he said, what do you do? I said, what do you mean? What do I do? I said, I've, I've been in your building for four years making music. He said, you make a living making music? I said, yeah, I do. He said, you want to join my band? I was like, what? I said, you want to join my band? I'm like, tell me more. He said, well, you're going to have to stop eating meat. And I was like, no, man. No. And we howled and we laughed. And he said, oh, you're going to be like Michael Bland. Meet me down at the steakhouse, aren't you? And we had we had a, a riot, man. We, we la- And I think that's where the ice was broken. And we started, you know, everything was kind of seemed cool from that moment on. Right. And then, like later on, he does the Welcome to Australia tour in 2012, and then he's sending myself and sending you stuff like rehearsals of them jamming, and then doing old time stuff and and family stuff, you know, or Days of Wild and Loose and all these things. And then I don't know where it came from, but I know that there was some sort of slam. And then oh, I slammed ahead. him right back. Yes. And that's what I'm going to talk about because Welcome to America is coming out and Hot Summer is on there. Oh, have- no. What a terrible song. Are you serious? I, I gave him so much shit for that song. Hot Summer at Menards. Yeah, I, I made it into a, a like a Home Depot commercial. Hot yeah. Summer at Menards. Toro Lawn Bags in Hot Summer. It's going on in the background. Don't forget about you know your lawn and garden equipment. Hot Summer. And I sent that shit to him. I did it down here with Eric Leeds, and we were howling. And I'm like, do I dare send this to him? And he's like, send it. We sent it off. Uh, I don't know whether he sent it to me first or the slam to me first, or I sent the slam to him. But, you know, it felt like 1983 again when we were doing that shit with uh, Sheila E and me and him. And it was it was funny. I love that's a very bad song though. <laughs> He's written a lot of great songs, everybody, so don't give me don't get me wrong. But we'll that one what, is not one of them. It's just I love that you guys did it because I know that he like was calling out the time and calling you guys out, like, hey, I need yeah. to know Australia. And Jerome hits me up. He's like, is he being serious? Is he saying this? And then there was a diss towards the time, and I went, Jerome. You and Morris gotta gotta hit back like this. It'll be like a battle of the bands, but now through social media, you need to do it. Right. And like down, I love that you did it. I wish that they would have done it because there may have been because Prince in his in his sense of humor, he would have hit back in a different way, especially with you guys doing it and the time doing it. I wish I gotta see if I've got it. I I gotta Check see it if out. I've got it. I mean. Oh. It, just, I just wonder if that's going to be the version that ends up on Welcome to America. I think you should put my version on there. There you go. <laughs> I, mean, I have it on the website. Oh, no, it's not. I don't think I'm going to find it. Dang it. Anyway. Um, Someone will send right. it through Twitter and we'll, we'll retweet it. But yeah, oh, it, wait. You found wait. it. I might have it. Where is it? You little son of a I just had it. Double click on it. So funny. Hot summer at Menards. Look, oh, I, I don't know whether it's going to come through. Go for it. I got to see, but I'm not. I'm not prepared. I'm not set up. Dang it! It's all good. Oh, we'll it, figure it out. They'll yeah, have we'll to. Yeah. yeah. There, there's a post on it, and it'll be around. I'm sure by the time that we finish this, there's going to be someone on Twitter. Here you go. They'll have the audio yeah. up on SoundCloud. Someone yeah. send it back to me so we can hear it. Would you? Because evidently, I'm being challenged here and then you know i know like you know he'd send me stuff on you guys like he was all like you know i want f to lex to concentrate talk about what's going on now i'm talking about what's in the past that's why it's like i make sure like when i'm gonna have you on i don't want to talk about the old times i want to talk about what you're up to now because i want to see oh yeah you know and that's what he was being about then but he was doing a weird way but i know that even though like he can be a little bit of a jerk at times, you know, um, 
you still had love for you. I mean, you guys hung out at the Grove backstage after the shows here in Southern California in 2013, you know? We sure did. You want, do you, <laughs> you want to hear a funny story about that? Absolutely. So it's right after Jellybean came out with an article. He was cussing everybody out he could get his hands on. Prince, Morris, and uh, so I was hanging back. I was hanging with uh, Michael Jackson bass player and uh prince saw me and we we're super friendly he said can i talk to you for a minute i'm like sure we go to a different part of the room and he said can't you control your band can't you control your band i'm like what are you referring to jelly bean i'm like first of all no number one number two call jelly bean on the phone this is your brother for 45 years I'm not getting in the middle of this. Y'all two working out. I can control my band. You can't control yours. I'm like, no, they're all 60 years old. I cannot control my band. And he, how we laugh, man. It was, it was, it was all good. You know, he always still tried to be Prince with we me. And, just, and I, I wasn't taking it anymore. You know, we, I just would be, come on, man. Are you, let's get real here. He sent me an email through his manager at the time, Julia. Like, next time you see Paul, I want you to talk to him. It was about other stuff. So when we saw you at the Grove uh, backstage after the show, and then you guys went to the private area, like yeah. me and we looked at each other like, oh, man. Like, what mood is going to be? Because he was just hanging back with Rashida, who was spinning. But we always wondered what that conversation was. So it's great to that know. That was it. That was it. He wanted to see if I could control Jelly Bean and my other – bandmates in afterlife i'm like nope i can't you know and it's just so awesome because you had third eye girl there you had yourself there you had the twins it's yeah. just all this mixture of people that was so cool and i wish that people could understand it they try to put 80s bands or 80s proteges against the other people like you guys were all getting along we're all chilling hanging on the couch listening to the music having a good time until it's like julia i think goes over to you hey paul Prince wants to see you for a minute or whatever. I've been summoned again. Yeah. Yeah. The first time I was summoned, because like my whole identity was just hiding myself. And then I'm like, Prince wants you, I'm being told Prince wants you to come to the studio at midnight tonight. And I went, no. Like, what do you mean, no? And I'm all like, this whole thing for over a decade of us not talking has worked out wonderfully. And then she's uh -huh. like, I'm gonna call him. And then I get a I get a call, like I talked to Ruth. And then she goes, you've been summoned. You can't say no. Everything has changed. Now. <laughs> so then yeah. I call back five minutes later and he's like, he wants you there at midnight. And I'm like, all right, I'll be there. But if it wasn't for Ruth, I wouldn't have went, you know? Really? This, yeah. I, I, I didn't, I knew people that ended up working for him and they ended up hating him and not being able to listen to mm -hmm. his music, but his music and your music and everyone's music was such a huge part of my fiber. It was a lot. And I just didn't want that to be ruined. And of course it never happened, but it's just, you know, this whole time he, he only figured out who I was, the online person and the, the person being at the house parties and all these concerts for mm. a few decades, he only figured out after the forum run in 2011. So the next time he's in LA and he's with the studio with Andy Allo, that's when you get the yeah. call to go. And I'm like, no. But I think it's like, what do you know? And I don't think Julia understood that we never talked before, you know, but that's crazy, man. That's and crazy. Within an hour, we were fighting. We were fighting over masters and YouTube and this other stuff. But then we're chilling. Well, we went to the studio. Welcome, welcome to the family. Right. I mean, right. within an hour, and I think it made Julia and Andy feel a little bit uncomfortable. But then we drove around LA talking about the music business, uh, playing me new music from his laptop and his uh, bungalow at the Berlioz Hotel. But it's just crazy, man. Like these little things of like, you've been summoned, like you get it. You know, it's yeah. just things like that. But you I'm know what's funny, man, is that, let me tell you something about being summoned in your teenage years of being summoned when you're 45 or whatever. <laughs> when I was 17, I was terrified. You know, you get, you're terrified. Number one, because you're, he's your boss. Number two, uh, because you're on his payroll, right? 
And number three, he's the most powerful guy in the music business. When he would summon me, like for the F Deluxe or the family name thing, I'd been around the block enough times and was confident in myself as a man and a musician. And, you know, that's an intimidation tactic. It just is, right? And and I'm a Christian and I put that armor on and I'm walked in there. I'm like, look, we're just going to talk like men. And and I think he could smell that a mile away. And, and, and the fact that we had a very cool conversation about, well, you know, that name thing. And he had some super valid points and, and I shared my valid points with him. We had a great time. Again, another great encounter, but way different than what it would have been if I was 17. You know, you feel like you're being called to the principal's office every time that happens. So, but it is all good, man. And, and I see Corey saying it's all goodness and it is all goodness. Here, the It's sad, man, that we don't have him here because there were so many more hangs to come. And I felt that coming, and we talked about what we were going to do with the family record, how we were going to reissue it during that summons, that last summons. And when he was walking me down the corridor from the kitchen, uh, where now where uh, Sam did that mural, and he it was dark as hell, right? And he's walking down the hall. There's no lights on, and the only lights were coming from his light up tennis shoes. I'm like, Prince, your, your shoes are. <laughs> we laughed and he said, have you seen the wall? I'm like, no, I haven't been here in years. But that's you and my wall. You belong there. And I was just like, dude, really? He said, now, I said, Prince, what, what would it look like if, if we were to do a, a have you involved and do a family record? He said, well, we'd re reissue the record and do a couple new ones. And I said, say the word, man. Say the word. And unfortunately, that did, that never you know, happened to you the stuff on his plate. And so all good encounters, man. And that's, I'll tell you, that's why I go back, especially for charity. And when yeah. I'm summoned, I go back <laughs> because I, 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 I feel, um, of course he was such an important part of my, the beginning of my career and continues to be what I'm probably for the rest of my life going to be known for those three or four years I was in that camp. And I'm honored to, to, to be able to give back to my community by, I don't even know if your, your fans know this, but uh, probably a dozen tours in now auctioning off tours at Paisley park. And I'm your tour guide. And it's been awesome. great. I've raised money, a lot of the money for, you know, our local, uh, uh, YMCA where I just took someone, uh, out there with uh, uh, this, this past Sunday, and uh, it was it was a, like a, a a trip to Mecca for 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 these guys. And I want all I'm there to do is raise money for my community, have some alumni coming back, and sharing some experiences. And we're going to do that again. And I, I would really love for your fans to know about this because we're. I'm on the board at our local YMCA and in a week and a half, we will have another a VIP tour for four up on this particular auction. And I, if you don't mind, I wouldn't mind. I'd like to share with they, you that information once it's up and live. Fly in. It's worth it. You're giving the money. I don't get anything. It's a, a, it ain't about me. About us having a good time, giving back to my community and, and going out to Paisley and sharing some experiences. So. That's oh, Tim. Cool. Yeah, we did carpool karaoke. If anybody you saw that, <laughs> we sure did. We did carpool karaoke. We did high fashion. And he sang, we all sang at the top of our lungs. It was killer. With Eric Rogers it, of uh, the Paisley Fund. And, and Miss Lulu. Yeah. 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 It was fantastic. Didn't want to call her Amber by mistake, but yes, Miss Lulu is the, the right name. <laughs> now, how often do you do these uh, tours? Is it once a month or how often? No, only when I decide in, in, uh, to offer that. And okay. I don't know. I, I, now, because they were closed for a while, uh, there's a bunch piling up on me. But it's a cool experience. I pick them up in a donated Escalade from my buddy who lives up the street who owns this dealership. So we, we style. We tell some stories. We tell some lies. 
Then we go out there, and uh, this particular tour was also we had dinner as well. So, but uh, Tim, tell them about. Oh, good. Tim just put the link up there about the carpool karaoke. Awesome. You'll laugh your ass off. It, it it's pretty funny. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it, Tim? Great. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. We'll have to share that on the page if we haven't already. I may have shared it earlier this week, but regardless, let's put it back up. Now, let right. me ask you, because when I've been to Paisley, there's times where I still feel the energy there. There are times when you're there that there's just something you can't explain, or is it just my my weird ass? Like, all of a sudden, feel like <laughs> nothing's there. The only reason it's weird is because it's his house and he ain't there. Hmm. And you see, you see elements in, or artifacts, as they call it now, mm -hmm. of him everywhere. You know, these little mannequins with his clothes on. I mean, and if you look the wrong way, it's like, whoa, you know, and it, it feels like he's there. And this mystique, I think they've done a good job of keeping some of the mystique, you know, as, as best they can with trying to keep the place open, right? Okay. Um, I personally think they've done a really nice job. Uh, I, I do. I really do. But as far as the feeling them there, probably the most when I performed with F Deluxe during the celebration and that light was on in the corner, you know, the symbol light. And I was like, oh, dang, dude, I feel you, but I wish you were here just to give me some shit, you know, and to summon me and <clears throat> scold me. And we could have a, a one of them conversations again. Yeah. It's weird. I sometimes just feel the energy. That's why it's like I want people to go there because he wanted to be a museum and all these other things. And then we're trying to keep it alive, you know, and just especially this year has been tough. And I'm just glad it's still around. And I want other generations to be able to experience it, to be able to hopefully record there, possibly your daughter. You guys, again, yeah. that amazing. You know, not just Beck. Um, I'd love the Peterson family to be back in the studio there for sure. God, I, you know, it's so funny. I, I, I will say this, man. I went on the tour on Sunday with Tim and, and everybody. They let me back behind the board at Studio B. And I did so many records there with my brother and Tom Tucker, who's also gone. It was super emotional. I was like, oh. I've missed you. And I hugged the studio chair and I was like, I was super emotional, man. There was an incredibly great musical times there in my career, in my life. And it, uh, it means a lot to me. Those, that place and that room, especially uh, mean a lot to me. So I, I'm thankful that they preserved it. I'd love to make another record on there. I did help. I don't know if you know this, but, the record that Prince's sister put out on her father, uh, I helped her with. I don't, does it, I don't even know if you know this. I haven't know that, or I didn't look at the notes well enough, so that's on me. Well, with Sharon, no, right? I, I'm not evidently included in the notes, Jeremiah. Oh, so I didn't get it wrong. Okay. Like, I was no. like, like, I try to be this absorbination of information, but yeah, go ahead. No, See I think she forgot. She somehow forgot. <laughs> Kind of like her brother would on some credits, right? Yeah. But anyway, my point is, is that I was out in uh, uh, at, at Paisley and we were allowed or the family was allowed to record there. And she called me and I hired my friend Adi Ashaya to do a string arrangement for her. So mm -hmm. I, since I was the guy doing the hiring and all that, we went to Paisley in Studio B and got to record. And I was like, oh, it feels so good to be here, man. So, yeah, little, little side eye. That's right. But <laughs> and you do a little head nod with it a little bit sometimes. Yeah. But yes, yeah, for sure. Never experienced I miss that. Lulu. Miss Lulu's on today. Yes. Uh, I joins us as well, but they may see this later on. But um, it's all good, as they say. Now. What do you have planned for the rest of the summer? You're not going to be uh, jogging in this heat, right? I ran yesterday. Oh. But you got to see, I, 
it's almost my bedtime. That's how old I am. But I get up at six and I go running at six thirty, seven o'clock. So that's what I do before it gets too ugly. However, I, I ran five on Saturday before it got hot and I paid the price. Dude, it it it's so hot that I was faint and all sorts of other lovely things. So people, you gotta be careful, man. I, I always think that I'm invincible and 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 I evidently am not. So I'm taking it easy. My wife and I have, like I said, we bought this house when my mom passed. This is where I grew up. Mom put in a pool in 1983, so we have a pool in back. So that's my job. I'm the pool guy. I'm the pool man, and I also go swim in that pool. So we're we're staying cool. Um, but no, I'm keeping in shape. I'm, I'm training for a half marathon the last week of July. I haven't done a full marathon. For about three years, I've had trouble uh, doing long distances. My legs are saying, I don't believe we're going to do that for you anymore. So I'm uh, I'm trying to eke out a, a half marathon. And I just don't, you know, I want to make sure that I don't get that COVID-19 on my belly. The coping, you know, uh, it's, it's scary because you sit around for, for a year and a half and eat and don't run. So I'm trying to reverse all that. And... Uh, yeah, so that's what I got planned. You know, I'm I've got my own Peterson Music and Events company. We do a lot of virtual events. We're doing one for our local Y here, and we've got some concerts that I produce that we have coming up. And I'm I don't know if your fans know this side of me, but I was also in the Steve Miller band for how many years? Uh, five years or something like that, and played with Peter Frampton. So I have a band called the Classic American Rockers, and we're doing a few shows as well. People who played with Stevie Nicks, Fleetwood Mac, Bob Dylan, they're all in my family. So it's really a family band, but we're playing classic rock and it's so much fun. So yeah, we're, we're, we're slowly getting back into it. I'm playing a gig at a place called Crooners, which is a great, incredible uh, uh, club here in Minneapolis in Fridley. And, and that's with my brother, Ricky. And uh, it's like a huge, big band, funk big band. And if you're here in Minneapolis, you come check that out, or else they might be streaming that online as well. So we're right. getting back into it, man. You know, we're, we're uh, <clears throat> I'm anxious to get out and plan. I've got two shows. I got one in Durand, Wisconsin, with the Minneapolis Funk All Stars on August 7th. And I got another one here in Minneapolis in Maplewood, uh, September 18th. So there you go. Cody wants to see the rock side. Dude. Yeah. Oh, somebody's asking me if I'm going out live with Debbie Gibson. That's another person I've been touring with. She's awesome, man. I love her. She's like my little sister. Only in my She's dream, I'd be touring with Debbie Gibson. But I'm bunch. Hey, oh. She's great. She's doing some <laughs> Vegas dates. I don't, I don't think I'm involved with those Vegas dates. That, not yet, anyway. Right. I'll let you know. She's a and great chick. I love her so much. And before like, we let you go, we'll take some questions from the audience. There's also someone okay. that wants to know what it was like. They want you to come back to Australia. Number one, mm. another, another person wants to know, like, what was it like performing with Lake Minnetonka? Wow. I was absolutely killing. I, <laughs> I love playing with Lake Minnetonka. Awesome. And Australia, maybe sometime in the next year, hopefully. I mean, well, things I, are working there. I sure hope so. I went there so much uh, a few years back. I, I love that place. I mean, I literally could live there. Melbourne is, is like Minneapolis. It's so similar. And I love the people there. And they love the punk. And they've been very, very, very good to me. So I, I can't wait to come back to Australia. I can't wait to go to Europe again. We had a nice little European tour. And uh, we were going to go back uh, a year and a half ago, and that all went away. But we'll, uh, we're coming back, man. I know I'm going to be touring off this record that I'm doing that comes out in September. So hoping, uh, hoping that we will be able to see a lot of you in the very near future. And we'll keep you posted, you know, if we decide to do an F-Deluxe gig this year, I hope. Go bug Susanna's page. Yes. And now Susie wants to put you on the spot. She's all like, uh, can you tell us a funny story about Prince and Morris Day? Do you have one? In I, don't, your... I don't even have one. There you go. No. 
Nope. Um, I didn't see those two. But when I was around, they weren't interacting. Morris was on the outs with Prince. Sorry. See, and your boy, Paul Peterson, but spelled with a D instead of a P, he wants to know what your favorite breakfast is. My favorite breakfast. My favorite, well, it depends on if I'm being healthy or not healthy. If I'm being healthy, it's a protein shake with peanut butter, superfood greens, a banana, peanut butter, and uh, frozen berries. Whip that sucker up, and then you're good till noon. That sounds good. If I'm being bad or it's the weekend, go ahead. Give me an egg sandwich with some cheddar cheese and some bacon and uh, maybe a, 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 a cinnamon roll. We all get to be bad once in a while, right? I, see, my downfall, I quit drinking 21 years ago, and my downfall is sugar. I like sugar, and I like ice cream. <laughs> so that's my downfall is that. So I, that's why I keep running so I can keep consuming more ice cream. Marilyn wants to know what's your most memorable onstage mishap. Oh, let me think about that for a minute. I, it's probably when I was on the road with the Steve Miller band with my two brothers. We would maybe have a few cocktails before we'd go out. I'm not sure. We went out. The stage was made of plexiglass. Okay. Mm-hmm. They would put smoke from the smoke machines. It was an oil-based smoke machine. And if you go try to find me with the Steve Miller band, from 1991 or something like that, you'll see that I had a very beautiful mullet. I didn't wear much clothing. I was spinning and doing all sorts of shit all over the stage. And I fell on my ass in front of, you know, 20,000 people. I was gone, done on the ground. And my brother came right over the top of me. Very rock and roll. Are you okay, little brother? That was uh, that was probably my greatest mishap. Thank you very much. Awesome. A couple more questions. We're going to lock it up. This one just has to do, hey, St. Paul, what was your experience like being in the time in 84? What, what was it like being in Purple Rain? Well, at the time, we didn't know uh, how big this was going to be. We thought it was just part of the job. We didn't have a clue that it would become what it became. Looking back on that now and those experiences, um, I just saw my brother at First Avenue the other day on Bob Dylan's 80th birthday. My brother, Billy, whom you may not know, played on Blood on the Tracks. So Billy was asked to go there and celebrate Bob's birthday. And of course, I'm talking to my big brother, Ricky, sitting on the side of the stage. And I'm like, I was standing right here where they'd hand out cartons of cigarettes so we could get the club full of cigarette smoke and i'd be smoking and doing all that and so there are so many memories that are involved showing my kids like for instance uh i took my daughters down to one of bobby z's fundraisers and i took my oh and and they played purple rain that night we sat in purple rain uh, in in first avenue watching purple rain and i had to point out to my daughters who had never seen Purple Rain before, where I was, where I was standing. It's such an incredible honor to have participated in that. Uh, it, it's just it's just unbelievable. It's like, did I really do that? So I, I'm very honored. It, it's, it's so cool. And it's something that I could be able to tell my grandbaby someday. Awesome. And Derek, I'm not ignoring your question about where we can get a physical copy of you and Eric Lee's album. Paul said he's going to be working on getting that out, physical copies. And Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And then we covered it earlier. Make sure to come back and watch it again. Paul would enjoy it. Um, Susie wants to know how old were you when you started playing instruments? And I have one more question oh. after that. We're closing it up. So Susie, I don't know if you were here earlier, but this, where I'm sitting right now is the house that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. I bought this from my family when my mom passed away. This basement is where I learned how to play the drums. Can you see the, oh wait, hold on. The drums, right? The keyboard, there used to be a grand piano down here. Um, so I started evidently, I started playing drums at age two 
and could play Wipeout, the song Wipeout, at uh, age four. Started taking piano lessons at four. Started playing guitar at age six, I guess. I'm not sure when I transitioned to bass. But you got to remember something. This was a very unusual household. I'm the youngest. My mother and father played. My four sisters and brothers played. I thought everybody played. I just thought that every family did what we did. And it was a natural progression for me I, to switch instruments. And I would go up to my buddies and go, what's your parents play? What do you play? And they're like, what are you talking about? So I didn't find out, of course, until my, you know, when I was 10 or 15, that this was such a incredibly special musical family. And I just learned so much of it from hanging out with my family and through osmosis and then ultimately gigging with them when I turned professional when I was 15. Very awesome. And I want to like, here's the last question. I want to thank Paul so much for his time and being so generous with it. And I really do like this question. What was your favorite album you listened to during lockdown? Oh, I like that one. I have to think about that. Uh, you know, there's there's a, a dude that I uh, love, and it's it's not a new record. He's got a new record out now. His name is Jared Lawson. Are you hip to this guy? Jared Lawson is is a kid from uh, Portland, Oregon, who sounds like Stevie. He is um, he's unbelievable. Uh, he just sings like crazy and writes great songs. And go check him out. He, he's really special. He's really got it. So go check him out. And, of course, then my kids, Gene Taylor. you got to love my kids' record. Go check her out. Absolutely. And in closing, Paul, is there anything that you want to say? And I appreciate yeah. your time so much. Go ahead, my man. I just want to thank all your fans, all the Prince fans. Don't forget that uh, why we make music. We make music because music unites us, especially in Minneapolis, but throughout the world. <clears throat> what we need now is, is is that unification. And the, the Prince family really is good about uh, inclusion and including people uh, whatever color, what, uh, whatever your religion, race, uh, sexual preferences, I, I, I am so impressed by the way you welcome people in. You are one ginormous family that I'm proud to be a part of. We need to teach the rest of the world what that's all about because uh, it, it's, it's embarrassing to, to see how we're treating each other. We need to do better. We need to to get educated. We need to love on each other. Uh, that's the only way this is going to work out good is if we do that. And we have an incredible opportunity to do that. And we can do that. That's what I try to do through my music. I try to share my music through Funk Friday every week to give everybody a little breather just to go, oh, that was nice, and get away from their lives. And that's what it should be. I know Prince would want that, and I know that uh, that's my wish for all of you is just be good to each other, be a light, uh, don't be divisive, be a uniter, and let's do that and, and pass that on to, to everybody you know. There you go, my man. And Eric joining us, just want to say Paul is one of the most fantastic men ever, coming from the Paisley Five and Dime. I love those guys. I love Eric, Miss Lulu. Uh, they're very special to me. And uh, don't forget to look out for that Paisley Park auction item that I'm going to send to you, Dr. Funkenberry. I need your help. We need to raise money. We want of these course. kids to be able to go to camps. We want these kids to know how to swim. Too many kids drowning around my neighborhood. That's what the Y does. That's what separates them from everybody else, that they're a part of our community. We need to support them and to be able to send these kids to camp who don't have the money to go. So that's that's where I'm coming from. 100%. Paul, again, thank you so much for being on. It's always a pleasure to have you on, my man. Honored to be here. And you take, hey, you take care of yourself. I will be doing the best. All right, bro. All right, my man. Do the best. We'll be praying for you, man. And uh, much love to you and much love to uh, 
to everybody out there. Sounds good, my man. Be well. Well, all right, guys. Thank you so much. I'm going to wrap up here and we are going to do an after show to kind of take some of your questions with other stuff going on. See what you guys think of Born to Die and other things going on. Again, I want to thank Paul for being our special guest this week. It's always a pleasure to have him on. And uh, I will see you guys back here shortly. There won't be any outfit change, I don't think. But um, thank you guys so much for tuning in live and the people that haven't or are watching this later on. Thank you so much for subscribing on YouTube, checking us out on Apple Music, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Till next time, much love, keep it funky, and thank you, Prince. <laughs>